0: Welcome to Voice of Hope show. And this episode, we have a very special guest who is gonna infuse us with our inspiring story. I am Marsha White and I am an eagle. An eagle fight against doctors to give life to their unborn child and win. Eagles see potential in their own strength and put ethics before government. Eagles are nurturers. Eagles renew their own vitality by shedding shame and guilt. Eagles are not defined by diagnosis. Eagles do not fear, and eagles soar by faith. And that's like a perfect segue because on this episode of Vice of Hope show, our guest, Minister Bridget Moses, is going to infuse us with her story, a story of difficulties and her story of how through our faith our faith in god she was able to rise and continues to soar and not only soaring but she's also taking others with her because that's what eagle does it nurtures minister welcome to Voice voiceover
1: awesome
0: yes one more time again connecting it's some other time to, you know, we have different things to talk about each time we meet. And that's yeah. one of the beautiful things about, you know, um, connecting. You know, we have, have things we have to, um, we can connect on and to lift each other up. And you all are there in the regular, and if you are listening to us for the very first time, welcome to you. And if you are returning, you know what we do. We share stories of it to inspire you to rise and to overcome challenges, any challenges, whether it's a challenge of uh, a diagnosis to get from the doctor uh, or hardship through different things as we go through and we navigate this, this world and the season that we're in. Be assured that you are going to be inspired in this uh, episode. Who is Minister Bridget Moses?
1: Bridget. I, I am a radically changed person from the person that I used to be. Um, I am a former drug addict, not in recovery. I am completely delivered, completely healed, completely restored, completely made whole by Jesus um, and my relationship with him. And um, I am somebody that uh, had multiple mental health diagnoses. Speaking of diagnosis, um, I had many labels put on me. I was, um, you know, labeled an addict, a hopeless addict actually um, that never had, I had been to treatment seven times, never had hope of ever getting sober. Um, I had done um, drugs for 24 years um, and uh, 21 of those years I was on opiates. Um, So it was a, a long, uh, a long road. Um, I was diagnosed with uh, bipolar one with psychotic tendencies, um, OCD, PTSD, anxiety, and three separate, um, personality disorders, borderline histrionic and narcissistic. And, um, I was just told that I would never get better. I was told that I just, um, had the hope of recovery and that, Um, there was no cure for the diseases that I had um, dealt with. Um, And I believed that for a long time, until I actually read God's word and found that Jesus healed people wherever he went. He made people whole wherever he went. Anytime he came across people, he made them whole. And so that um, that was where i began to realize that wait a minute maybe what the doctors say isn't all that there is um maybe maybe we have a chief physician that is and that's still a healer he's the same yesterday today and forevermore and um maybe i can be free too just like i see him healing and restoring and delivering people all the time in the bible um and so that was where faith started for me Um, on my own journey with total freedom. I have currently, I have no cravings for drugs.
0: I have no desire
1: for drugs, no evidence whatsoever that I was a drug addict in my life. The people that I, that know me now, um, unless I reveal that or they meet me now, unless I reveal it to them that I am a, used to be a drug addict that was doing one to two, eight balls of crack. A day, I was smoking one to two eight balls of uh, crack cocaine a day. Um, I was on opium, I've done heroin, I was on methadone maintenance for 11 years, seven and a half months um, to where that's just a program where you just go to be on a legal drug um, because you're hopeless. There's no other hope for you. So um, you can actually be put on a legal drug, um addiction in order to get you off of the street drugs Um, but none of that ever
0: worked only jesus oh bridget this is very very powerful you know i love when you said you know the labels and you know what the doctor says and as we sit here now and we have this conversation for you who are listening to us out there, we're not saying do not listen to your medical profession it's 100% do not think that okay you yes. uh, follow up with your doctors, whatever situation you have going on. Um, they study the drugs, they study the different um, characteristics and, and everything. But what we are saying is that you gotta know, you gotta hold that faith, you gotta have your faith rooted and grounded in whatever you believes in that you can talk to, right? And we're mm-hmm. saying, we believe what Bridget is talking about, she's talking about um, the uh, God, right? who she perceive of God. So when you perceive, perceive of God out there, you got to be able to talk to it or him and interact and have your own conversation. So listen to it, follow the doctor's instructions, right? So never disregard that. I love what you says, the labels were put on, on, on you. And I understand. And that's why we're part of this group called Eagles, right? The Eagles, as, as we said, they fight, Um, Against doctors who give life to give life to their unborn unborn kids. And we're we're talking about, you know, for us, um, various people in the group have children with different disabilities and so on. But for like me, we're talking about Down syndrome. You know, I was told that my kid would never amount to anything, Mm -hmm. right? No potential, no nothing would need care for the rest of his life. He's not going to be able to learn anything and all of that. So that's where my faith, or faith kicks in. where you have to pull on something deeper than just what you know, Doctor X, Y, and Z saying, right? I love it. And you're saying now, You have no trace of anything. None. None. It the Shadrach, Misha, and Abednego story. I was, was it in um, you know, they talk about the, the king throw them in the king king Nebuchadnezzar throw them into the fire and he threw three guys in there and he was seeing four. right and this guy walked out of the fire and and the flames without any scars tell us more when did you realize that you got to pull on your feet after all these negative connotation that was going against you
1: well I didn't I didn't know that it was even possible to be healed you know um and and yes I I want to piggyback on what you were saying about um the you know don't just I do not speak against doctors. Doctors have a wonderful place in, on our journey. Um, we are our own advocate though. That is the most important part. The doctors can give information, they can give um, their insight, but nobody knows ourselves more than we do. So we have to take their um, recommendations as such as recommendations um, for care. Um, now, all medicines are not bad. Um, and people may need to be on them for a period of time, um, and never, ever, ever get off a medication without your doctor's knowledge. I did this under doctor supervision, supervision led by the Holy spirit. That's what it was. It was not, and everybody is different. Everybody's walk is different. Everybody's healing will be walked out differently because we all have different, um, factors. We are all different. That's my biggest thing with the labels is that the biggest issue that I have with them is that it's not one size fits all. Um, we are all created by God, um, uniquely and, um, and just evidenced by our fingerprints. None of us have the same fingerprint. God has created us each as individuals. So we all have different factors that play in on mine. A lot of, uh, my anxiety, I learned, was from food, uh, nutritional deficiencies. So these are things that um, we need to be aware of, um, but only the Holy Spirit, God is our creator. He created us. He knows exactly, and he knows everything. So not only does he know how we're supposed to function the best, but he also knows how, uh, what needs to be done in order to get us functioning the best. When we out of ignorance um, and just ignorance isn't that stupidity, but just not knowing, simply not knowing um, what is best for us um, and what uh, what kind of things we need. So um, there was a lot of environmental toxins that were also impacting me. Um, gut health is a big issue. Most of the, ser- 90% of the serotonin in our body is actually created in the gut, not our brain. Um, so when they put us on serotonin inhibitors, um, which they give for anxiety, Um, then you're actually, um, you're not addressing the root cause of the issue. Um, If you have an unhealthy gut, you're going to have issues with your mood. You're going to have issues um, that uh, present themselves in other areas. Um, So these were all things that I didn't know. Um, I did not know that eating whole foods, balanced nutrition um, was anything to really focus on. Um, I grew up in a house that didn't have a lot of focus on that. Um, You know, my parents did the absolute best that they could, and they did a great job. Um, But I just didn't even know um, the different um, deficiencies could cause, could present themselves in physical um, ways um, that mimic sickness. Um, If you address those, then you actually deal with the root cause of the issue instead of just taking medications to cover them up. I was on, doctors had me on 24 different medications at the age of 31. Um, And that's the medications, that's not 24 different pills, that's 24 separate medications Um, by the time I was 31. And I am no longer, I've been off medications now for six years. Congratulations. Yeah, six years um, I've been off all the psych meds um, or five to six years, I think it was just over, just under six years for the psych meds. Um, And then off all meds, um, I think uh, birth control was the last thing I got off of and that was two years ago. Um, But that was, I had been on that for a while just by itself. Um, And so I've been off meds for quite a while. Um, My old psychiatrist said, I'm the only person she's ever seen that's gotten better when they got off meds. and I no longer have a mental health diagnosis. I am sound um, in my sound right mind. Um, and that is only thanks to Jesus. Now it didn't happen overnight. Um, it took, you know, I, I gave my uh, life to Jesus um, 12 years ago um, and it was little by little, you know um, and 12 years ago I was using drugs still. So it he had me let go of things a little bit at a time um until the very um last big thing um that he had me get off of was the methadone and that will be three years on on the first of August. It'll be three years that I've been off the methadone. Um and I don't have any cravings. I don't have any and that is um you know they say um uh, methadone is harder to get off of than um than uh heroin and so the withdrawals and God miraculously delivered me in a 7 day time period which is not possible with with opiates especially being on them for 21 years there's no way that that's physically humanly medically biologically possible but um, god,
0: god all things are possible
1: yes there you go all things are possible with him and and the thing is it's um you know i always used to believe that christianity was about following a bunch of rules you know going to church every sunday following these Rules laid out in the Bible, um, and you know, trying to be good. Um, that's what I thought Christianity was all about. Um, and I found out that's not what it was about at all. Um, it it's a very it's maybe 1%, huh? and, yes. and not even that about that. It, it's about relationship. Um, it's about having an intimate personal relationship with our creator. And we do that. Through Scripture, through Scripture we can know Him. The Bible says that in the beginning there uh, there was the Word, and the Word was or was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus is the Word wrapped in flesh. So when we spend time in Scripture, we're getting to know Him. So the more time that we spend in Scripture, the more time that we get to know God Himself. The more time that we, or the more that we get to know God the more that we get to understand us and who he's called us and created us to be. I never knew I had a purpose. See, I thought my purpose was brokenness. Mm. I, thought, I thought my purpose was to be broken. That's what everything around me told me. Everything around me affirmed that, that my purpose was to be broken and to be used. That was my, um, all the information that was coming at me. That's what the narrative that was being, um, put through to me. And I found that's not it at all. God had me, um, he did not ordain all the pain that I went through. He did not ordain the sickness. He did not ordain the mental illness. He did not ordain the addiction that was not in his will for me. We live in a fallen world that is tainted with sin, tainted by sin. So, um, that was not what his will was for me, but he did use all of those things in order to get me to be able to speak into other people's lives.
0: He gave you're, saying, me- you're saying that the things that we have gone through, the challenges, the, the addiction, even though you have gone through them, even though he, has, he did not ordain them to happen to us. Because sometimes you hear people say, but if God is that good, why did this have to happen to me? Why did I have to lose... Why did I have to lose my loved one? Why, did have to, why it didn't it even allow COVID to happen? I hear people yeah. ask it all the time. But you're saying that he, even though you have gone through those stuff in this world, which is a wicked world, he will turn everything around and use those same things for for the, for your good or for his good. For right? So that, yeah. that now you can speak to someone who is going through addiction. You can speak to someone who is, feeling broken and feeling rejected as though, you know, like you said, you thought your purpose was brokenness because that was what was going on around you. Yeah. So at, at what age did all the, the drugs and the stuff started? Were you- oh, it were my, the, Um, I
1: The first time I ever smoked marijuana, I was 11 years old. Um, The first time I ever uh, drank, I was 14 very young. Um, the first time I ever smoked a cigarette, I was seven. Uh, so it, it goes to show that, um, and, and I I would like to say this, our identity, we're all looking for something. We're looking for identity. When we're born, we are, um, we're born into a sinful world. So we are separated from God, right? Until we receive Jesus who connects us back into right relationship with God we are all separated from him and we all have this vacuum this gaping hole in us that we are all trying to fill in search for identity in search for connection in search for um, for God and we all have this piece of a puzzle that's missing that only he fits well only Jesus fits that Um, and that is when we find that um, I, I didn't realize that's until now, you know, now I look back and I can understand that's what I was doing. I was looking to fill that void. I was looking to fill it with drugs, with attention, with money, status, sex, um, you know, all of these things that um, the, with uh, pleasure, the, uh, you know, gambling, um, everything that the world says is quote unquote fun. Um, you know, it, it's not, none of that, um, works. None of that is fulfilling. Um, the only thing that fills that hole is Jesus. It's a God sized hole. And, and when he fills it, we're complete, we're complete. There's a, there's a, um, a feeling of being known, um, and accepted and we are loved, accepted, um, and known by him. And when our identity is found in him, then we can really move forward into who he's called us to be. He has a plan and purpose for all of our lives, um, whether a person knows him or not. Um and he has given us this whole life has been um created. It's a it's the um it's the dress rehearsal. This life we live is a dress rehearsal where we all get to find him all of creation. You look around, you look at the trees and the mountains. And the rivers and the lakes and the ocean and all of the creatures that he's created the animals and the birds and everything and the beauty and you can see there's an intelligent designer now he's created us all for relationship with him that's what we're created for we're created god created for us as his children as family um and so Now I've heard the same thing. If God was such a loving God, then why would he allow these things to happen? Well, he's, he, he's not. Uh, I mean, yes, he's allowing it, but he put man, mankind, Adam. She wasn't even till after the fall. He put mankind in the garden in a perfect existence, perfect existence. And they walked in the cool of the day with God. They had intimate relationship and communion with him all the time. And I've also heard, well, if God's so good, why did he put the tree in the garden in the midst of the garden in the first place? Why didn't he just let it all be perfect? Because no time you take anybody's choice away, The, the best gift you can give anybody is the gift to choose, right? The freedom to choose. Otherwise, we're just puppets or robots and God didn't want that. There has to be something in order for us to choose something else and satan the deceiver came in and he deceived mankind into believing that god was holding out on them and they had it in, he deceived them into believing that they could get something that they already had right. they already had dominion god put them in the garden and he said be fruitful he said multiply take dominion subdue fill the earth right so we he gave man dominion he gave dominion to man, but when we decided to be disobedient as mankind and we ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we we forfeited that dominion for a time to Satan. Now this is Satan's world system. So that's where the sin came into the world. We have so much pain and sin and disease and, um, you know, pestilence and everything, that is all from sin. That is all through our disobedience. Now, Jesus came, God already knew in his foreknowledge and his forbearance that we were going to do that. So he put in his redemption plan before he even formed and fashioned the earth. And that's Jesus. Now, Jesus came to restore us to right relationship. Jesus is, God is the king of the do over, right? So He's the king of second, third, fourth, fifth, fiftieth chances. God is so gracious and merciful and loving, but he's also just. So he can't do with sin. Sin and God cannot exist in the same um, atmosphere. So Jesus took, stripped himself of his divinity. God stripped himself of his divinity, came here born as a baby, vulnerable to us. Vulnerable to the very people that were disobedient to him in the first place. Lived his life sinless, perfect, which we couldn't do in our own carnality. And willingly laid his life down on the cross for every last one of us. Um, It's for everybody, everybody. There's no sin that is too great for God to remove. No sin. The only thing is, is that he has set forth the way because he created everything and you know he he reserves that right to you know like the manufacturer they reserve the right to how to use the product for lack of better terms and so he knows the best use for us right and he has written out the the story the the rule book the way that things go and The Bible says Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Now, I did not have any life. I had existence before I knew Jesus. Um, I could not, in my own strength, do anything. I had tried to quit drugs so many times. I could not do it. I tried to get help um, for the mental and emotional issues and the trauma I was having, and I couldn't do anything about it. It wasn't until I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior that I was able to do it in his strength, not my own. Right. So that is the beauty that Jesus restored us into right relationship with our father. And because of that, now we have access to the Holy Spirit who can help us do what we cannot do in our own strength. And that is the it's, it's his, you know, dunamis power, the, the Bible calls it dunamis, his power is dunamis, it is, that's where we get the, uh, that's the root word to the word dynamite, it's explosive in its working, and we have this um, access now through Jesus to, we are now the temples of God and the temple of the Holy Spirit. So when we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart, God raised him from the dead, we're saved. That's all it takes. It doesn't take, see, I always thought I had to get right to come to God, but I couldn't get right. That's the only thing that kept me away from him because everybody in church was saying, no, you have to do good. You can't, you know, like I felt like you can't be here if you're not good. Well, the church is not a house, like a, what did I hear somebody say? I think it, Was it Chris Kane? Maybe she said, um, It's not a country club for the righteous. It's a hospital for the broken. That is what the church is. The church is for everybody. Jesus loves everybody. For God so loved the world, not the church, for God so loved the world that He gave us His one and only begotten Son, Jesus. So we cannot earn being loved and accepted. And we can't ever do enough right to get there. That's religion. So I feel like what I have been called to is to help people to understand because it wasn't religion that freed me. It was my relationship that freed me. It was my relationship with the one that was stronger than I ever could be. And that gives us his strength through his Holy Spirit in order to walk that out. Our Christianity is not meant, um, you know, there's a lot of times where, you know, I hear people, um, calling and I used to do it too, all the time. I used to call Christians bigots and, you know, that they were hateful and that they were terrible people. Um, but I understand now that God is the one that reserves the right to how he, how he chooses to do things and when we do things his way that's laid out in scripture and we do it from a place of already being accepted of already being um approved of already being loved not in order to gain those things uh, we can work and work and work and toil and toil for as long as possible as long as we want to and we could never attain that righteousness the only thing that gets us to stand before our father Our holy, righteous, sanctified, perfect father is the blood of Jesus because it's his righteousness. It's his his righteousness that gets us to do that. So I don't have to be perfect. I can't be. None of us can be. And all of us will fall a thousand times a day. But the Bible says a righteous man will get back up seven times. Mm. A righteous man. That means somebody who is in right standing with God, they'll get up they'll fall seven times. Well, if a righteous man falls seven times, and that was recorded in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, then how much more will we continue to fall? The only thing is, is that our sinful nature, when we receive, when we confess with our mouth that Jesus has learned, believe in our heart, God raised him from the dead, we are then born again, and our sinful nature has been removed. Our spirit which that's the real us we are a spirit we have a soul they're both housed in our body our soul is our mind our will and our emotions the very moment excuse me the very moment that we confess with our mouth that jesus is lord and believe god raised him from the dead we are born again our spirit is made new is renewed it's made completely new into a carbon copy of jesus's now our soul is where we contend with all of the residue of sin our sinful nature has been completely removed, but we get to choose who we feed. Whoever we feed will lead. Will we feed our carnality, which is our flesh, our, our carnal desires, our sensual nature, which just means our five senses, you know, hearing, sight, taste, touch, and smell? Will we feed that part of us, or will we feed our spirit with scripture? Just like you wouldn't starve your natural body. Um, and if you did, you'd, the more time that you spent without eating, the more time that you spent without drinking water, you would get lethargic. You'd get anemic, you'd get weak. Um, if we don't consistently feed our spirit, which is the real us, the, our body will pass. Our body will die. Um, at some point, every last one of us is equal opportunity employer. Death will come, you know, unless Jesus comes and returns and we are, you know, uh, raptured with him we will all have that appointment someday right but if we don't feed our spirit man which is the eternal part of us then our spirit will not be strong enough to withstand the things in the natural we won't be able to have the tools necessary in order to be um to be victorious um or, you know, we'll struggle more. Um, And so, you know, just like we wouldn't think of starving our body, um, except to fast or something for a time, we don't want to starve our spirit either. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And all scripture is, is breathed out by God. It is inspired by the Holy Spirit. It is spirit. It is living. And so it's not I used to think the Bible was just a book written by a bunch of men in their opinion of what they experienced at that time. I didn't want to have anything to do with it, but Bible, the Bible is actually inspired by the Holy Spirit. It's living. It's a living word. Um, It really, the Bible is the only book that you not only read, but it reads you back. It, it convicts you. It corrects you. It helps you to understand, oh, I understand why I'm like this. And you know what? I thought that everybody in the Bible was perfect till I actually read the Bible. (laughs) David, David cheated on his, on his wife or, you know, cheated. Uh, He, he had a wife at the time, but he slept with somebody's wife and then had him murdered. And this was a man after God's own heart. That's pretty, you know, the, the Bible is the most um, racy, you know, like, book i've ever read it's it's really there's a lot of people and i started reading you know about how moses murdered somebody and he was called to god uh, by god to do these great things and he went off in the wilderness for 40 years running from pharaoh and um everybody in the bible has a story everybody has a story that i can relate to and we begin to see our the people in scripture in ourselves There's something for everybody in there, everybody. There's so much. um, It's, you know, I always used to think it was an outdated book or that it just wasn't relevant. had no relevance to today. But it is so relevant. It is so um, powerful
0: in... I guess we can say, just like like God can use, you know, Moses and those guys, but they are then who have had so much issues in their lives, he can use us, he can use you today to do his will. In spite, if you have a drug addiction or if you have a diagnosis or some labels put upon you, he can use you to do what he has called you to do. And speaking of called to do, and using, he can use us for a special gifts. Where can, where can people reach out to you? Uh, persons who probably, you know, of an addiction or of have a child, you said you were exposed from the age of what, 11 years old? So yeah. let's say there's somebody out there who have an 11-year-old, who they probably don't know what signs to look for or, you know, what to do, or just somebody who can relate. How can people reach you?
1: Um, I can be found on Facebook, Bridget Moses. It's B R I D G E T, M. O-S-E-S. And and you'll see my picture there. And I believe I even have this background in my profile picture. Um, I am also on uh, Instagram at all lowercase Bridget Moses 333. It's all just smushed in together. Um, That's the same as our ministry page on Facebook. We have a ministry page, uh, Vincent and Bridget Moses Ministries. Um, And that can, the um, name you can search there is Bridget Moses 333, all lowercase. Um, We also have a YouTube channel, um, Vincent and Bridget Moses Godly Encouragement on YouTube. Um, And then I can also be emailed at um, all lowercase. Again, it's B-R-I-D-G-E-T dot M-O-S-E-S 333 at gmail.com
0: so, awesome. so persons who have you know if you're out there and you have you know struggling to get off anything that's causing you not to be in your right mind and your right function. Of course, seek the professional advices, but it's also good to connect with someone who have been there, right? And then you're saying that you have no trace of anything None that's left. That. You're clean, you don't have a diagnosis or anything. And it's all because and through and, and in part with your relationship uh, with God, Bridget. Yeah. What if there's somebody out there right now who is listening to your the sound of your voice and can relate to everything you said to all the drugs? You know, you told me all, earlier on that you were on um, uh, crack.
1: Yeah, crack. Um, uh, I I was doing. I was smoking uh, one to two eight balls per day of crack. Um, I was doing um, probably at least a gram of opium per day for, for years, for nine years. um, And then, or just short of nine years. And then I was on methadone for um, 11 years and seven and a half months. Um, I've done many other drugs, um, meth, ecstasy, um, just a lot of uh, just regular cocaine. I've done um, a lot of different drugs, um, even drugs that of some chemist had made that you know that I never
0: know the name of it
1: yeah I don't even know the name of it um (laughs) don't know what was in it um I was yeah it was it was pretty pretty bad I would do you know anything so um I I would just like to say if there's anybody out there that you're doing drugs or you know anybody that does um if if it's you doing it I want and even anybody else, there's nobody that is too broken for Jesus to fix. Nobody. There's nobody that is too far gone or too broken or have done, because I used to think I did too much wrong, that there's, I was, there's no way that I could come to him. But the great thing about Jesus is not only did he remove our sinful nature, he removed it. It says the Bible says, as far as the East is from the West, I have removed your sin. Yes. So it's removed. The sinful nature is removed. We contend with it in the in the soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions. But that we do by renew, we overcome by renewing our mind, day by day with scripture. And so you just have to know that you are not too far gone to come, to to be healed. If you have breath in your body, you have a purpose for your life. God is giving you a time of grace. Um, looking back, I see all the times that He had stopped. Me um, from getting in trouble or stop me from dying um, thousands and thousands of times. Um, because when I was smoking the crack every day for three years, um, right around three years, every day, one to two eight balls per day for three years, um, except for when I was exhausted and sleeping, um, yeah. that's, I was literally, my intention was to do so much to make my heart stop. I was intentionally trying to end my life. Um, I've had multiple suicide attempts, um, but
0: God. <laughs> uh, oh, it's probably just, you know, because of the, the drug and, um, you know, scolding their, their their thinking and so on. Oh yeah. Speak to that person right now, who probably is feeling suicidal, you know, like you, you, went, you get to that place where you wanted to die. What would you say to that person and listen to the sound of her voice right now? Because you, you can relate.
1: I believe that there's nobody that really wants to die out there. I believe that we just want the pain to stop. Um, and at some sometimes the pain gets so bad that we will go to any lengths to make it stop. And that is what suicide is. I challenge you and I exhort you and I implore you to not make a permanent decision for a temporary situation. Our situation will always change. It never, ever stays the same. As long as you have breath in your body, God can work with you and he can help you. But once you end your life, you stop any hope of recovery. You stop any hope of better days. You stop any of that. And I understand that the pain might be so and your your troubles and your burdens are so um wor- worrisome and burdensome but don't ever make and this goes for anybody with this don't ever make a decision an important decision in an emotional state because huh. you will usually tend to really regret it and if you do feel like ending your life right now ask Jesus to reveal himself to you. Ask him to take the pain for you before you do that and I promise you he will answer. That's his or promise that he somebody. will answer.
0: Reach out mm-hmm. to somebody, reach out to someone or pick up the phone and you know call 911. I know they will they will help. You know, call 911 if you feel like you want to commit suicide, if you feel like you want to take the life of somebody else. Pick up the phone and call somebody else. Get out in the streets and flag somebody down and let them know this is what's happening to me. I need help now. Because you know, like Bridget said, it's most of the stuff that we go through and most of the stuff that will come up, it's a, it can be a temporary solution um, situation. It can be worked through or we can remove ourselves from situations sometimes, you know? So just please, I feel like I just wanted to just Reiterate that to someone. Just call somebody, get out of the house, you know, tell our neighbors if you don't want to tell your neighbor, pick the phone up on you, call 911, 911 or whatever the emergency number is in your area. And just reach out and talk to somebody. You won't be judged. You know, if um, we, we just give out the, the, the email for, uh, for Bridget, Bridget, can you repeat it one more time? So reach yes. out to somebody who can relate. If you want, if you don't feel like you want to do that, you know, you can even email us here at our our voice of all podcasts, number one at gmail.com. And we will seek to find the people who can help you. We'll pray with you because, yes, prayer is good. But as Bridget said earlier in the conversation, being an ex addict, uh, right? You Mm -hmm. sometimes just need to go on something to help regulate those um, chemicals in the brain you want to email again, it, it um, was Bridget.
1: Um, it's all lowercase, B-R-I-D-G-E-T dot M-O-S-E-S. So it's Bridget.Moses333 Bridget. at gmail.com.
0: That's very powerful. I'm so, I am, I am so glad that you are at a place where you're right now where you can turn around and says, I'm going to help somebody else. Or I'm going to help somebody else show them the, the, the way uh, through the, the way to, 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 to Jesus to, to a relationship with him I'm so glad that you're doing your, your ministries and you' you know you turn around and says, hey we're going to do this because you see you hear it on the news all the time you know the people who are living close by who are struggling with with um, addiction and here you are saying that there is hope there is hope right? And a sure and a quick way, quicker way through healing is through a relationship with who God is. So it's yes. very important for us to know who is your source, who is your savior, right? Who is that one? We ain't, we ain't gonna tell you who to choose. I mean, it'll be awesome, it'll be easy, but that wouldn't be free will. It wouldn't be you choosing him for yourself or inquiring who is this Jesus? that helps you to be free from your addiction. What, what do you want to, to leave with us? Let's say someone out there right now struggling, and they're they probably like a teenager, you said 11, 11 years old. What are some of the signs they can look for in such a young age? And what would you say to someone out there today who is on the path to recovery or relapsing or thinking about doing it because of the pain and the struggles and the despair?
1: Um, well, you can look and see, um, you'll, you'll notice your children, uh, drawing back from you, Mm. um, or being, uh, secretive, um, anytime your child is acting differently, um, or distant, um, it's, it's good to just sit with them in that, um, and not, uh, berate them, not you know, grill them, but just let them know that you're there and with them. Um, a lot of a lot of what I experienced was because I didn't know my identity. I, I didn't know my identity, so therefore the world could, uh, you know, sway me to whatever the world wanted me to be. Um, as soon as I found out that my identity, that I had a purpose. There was a purpose for all the pain I went through there was a purpose for everything I went through that is what and then Jesus had a plan for my life and he cared enough to lay his life down and die for me, that is what gave me the strength and the faith to move forward. Um, If if you're Christian, um, you know, if not, we, we all get to choose for ourselves. Um, and there's no condemnation, that's, that's the best thing about the relationship with Jesus is there is no condemnation. He gives us right. the ability to choose him, um, and there's no shame, um, but if you are Christian, um, it's so important to affirm your child's identity in Christ. Mm. Our identity is in him. Um, when, when our identity, when our parents give us our identity, and my parents did the best they could, they, they did the best to affirm my identity, but they didn't understand that the only true, like real concrete way of affirming that identity is to have it found in Christ um, It without fail, without fail. <laughs> um, and so when we reaffirm our child's identity and we speak to, to the God in them, to who God created them to be, that gives them um, the confidence in their identity um, so that they don't allow the world to tell them who they are. Um, It it has to be very um, concrete in that. And when you speak to to a person's identity um, in Christ, it really um, gives them, uh, you know, they call Jesus the rock, you know, um, and he was the cornerstone Um, and, when we build our foundation on Him, we cannot be shaken. Um, mm. So, when even though the, the world will come and try to tell them who they are, or you know they'll maybe you know uh, you know fault not falter, but they'll you know try to seek things for themselves, but they will always come back to that identity. Um, the fathers, fathers are so important. Um, fathers give their children the gift of their self-esteem that's where the self-worth and self-esteem comes from is the father us mothers we can tell our child oh you're so good and oh you're so beautiful and you're so good at this and you're so talented we can say that a thousand times but when the father affirms their child and says i'm proud of you or i see who you are um that is where that really really comes in um, to help them to know who they are. And then it's it's not possible or it's not as easy for them to fall into those things. Um, but look for um, the child being distant or, you know, going and spending a lot of time uh, with friends. Make sure that you know the friends and the friend's parents who yeah. your children.
0: Yes. yes. Look, they're out with and so on. Friends. Yes.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. it's so important. Um, you know, because uh there were a lot of friends' houses.
0: Attention to that. And you do, mm-hmm. you know, like it's summer now, you know, in, in most places, and uh kids going over to do sleepover and all these things. Kind of like do your do your do your research to know the families. I mean, the kids are always gonna seem nice, but what's going on at home is that's what you really want to to focus on before you send yeah. them kids over. Yes.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely, because um, I went over to a lot of friends' houses where their parents let us drink. Um, they let us smoke, they let us do drugs. We did drugs with them. So you have to know and and from my parents' perspective, the kid was nice, the parents were nice, but they didn't know. That's it.
0: That what was going on behind the closed door. Yeah. You see. Well, it's so it's so it's so such a wonderful honor and privilege to have you um, sharing your story and how you you overcame. And that's very powerful. And I know somebody's gonna get something uh, from this. Um, son of your your voice. So reach out to, to Bridget if you're out there and you're struggling and you want somebody to talk to who can absolutely relate. Or you can you know email us or a voice of a podcast and or you know click check out the links and connect with us. And, uh, you know, there's there's also some links there if you want to donate to uh, or, or nonprofit who is uh, helping kids with special needs, right? You know, uh, uh, vo- or Voice for the Voiceless, right? Do reach out and, and do whatever you want so that we all can empower each other. So Bridget, it's been a wonderful time with you. So you continue to do what you're doing and continue to share your story, continue to be, um, that powerful voice, um, lifting up and inspiring others to build a relationship with him, that's where the true healing is. And in spite of this situation, in spite of the, the challenges they are facing in life, you can say, Marsha, you know what, you have no clue what we are facing in this situation here. You know what? God can't use you as we were sharing all uh, the men and women in the in the Bible, they were imperfect, but yet he makes some of them prophets, right? So it can use you too. It can use your stories to turn them around and you be like Bridget encouraging others with those powerful stories. So until next time and voice of Oak show. this is Marshall signing out until next time. So you keep walking good. And remember, if you're feeling down, depressed and feeling, you know, cast out, feeling hopeless, pick the phone up and you call that emergency number that's in your area, nobody's gonna judge you. How you run out in the street and you wave and say something to somebody. This is how I'm feeling, this is how I'm thinking, this thoughts is overpowering me and you will get the help that you needed. Until next time, walk good. Bye, Bridget, thank you so much for coming.
1: Bye, thank you.
0: Yes.